Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, everyone. It's V the Grill Economist coming to you on this late afternoon edition of Rogue News. We have with us our special guest, a man who needs no introduction, is the one and only notorious Alex Craner. <laughs> Alex is here of Craner Analytics. And if you need to check out his website, check out thenakedhedgy.com. Nakedhedgy.com. The links are in the description box. And for those that don't know, uh, YouTube struck us, so we can't broadcast for at least uh, two weeks because we've been very naughty. We touch dangerous topics. That's why we're streaming everywhere else. And folks, we're on Spotify. If you don't know that already, go to Spotify.com. You can listen to Rogue News on Spotify. Uh, you can listen to us on, on Amazon Music, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Twitch, DLive, Float, Facebook Live. I mean, we're everywhere you want us to be, just not at YouTube at the moment. But we'll be back hopefully in about another week or two. And with that being said, Alex, good evening evening where you are in monaco how goes it sir it goes well thank you v thank you for having me good evening to you good evening to all your viewers listeners or whatever it's afternoon over there it's evening here absolutely man well we're glad that you're doing well alex alex there's a lot going on we haven't had you in a while there's been some you know we're playing uh, email tag and our schedules and all this other stuff but there's so much craziness. I just want to, where do you want to take us? Because you can take us in whatever direction you want because there's so much to talk about. So feel free, brother. Well, you know, it's been a, it's been eventful. Yeah. Um, okay. So I don't, I, I wouldn't know where to start. It's, it's, it's almost overwhelming. Like, it's like everything's happening all at once. Yeah. But uh, I, Yesterday and today, yesterday on my Substack and today on Zero Hedge, I published an article where I just wanted to point out that the you know there's a there's a total war going on, mm-hmm. and that the central battlefield battlefield of that war is the United States. Yes, the shooting war is going on in Ukraine, but it's the same war. And Battlefield USA is the key to the future of humanity. So maybe we could talk about that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Let's, let's, let's talk about it. Let's definitely talk about that. Yeah, so anyway, you know, my contention 
is you can jump in and interrupt me if you if you have a, a good idea on the subject. My contention is that you know, uh, well, it's not just my contention. It's a uh, it's it's it comes from the horse's mouth. George George Soros told us as much mm. that the conflict today is a conflict between two models of governance in yeah. the world. Okay, and uh, <clears throat> it's not a new thing, you know, but it's come to a head. Mm. It's really come to a head now. And uh, so George Soros says that it's the open societies where everything is wonderful. We have democracy, uh, you know, freedom, civil liberties, uh, free speech, respect for human rights, and so forth. And opposed to the open societies are closed societies, which are naughty and which do not respect human rights. And uh, they're not democratic, they're autocracies, and uh, all things bad, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Ukraine is, is, you know, we're looking at the war in Ukraine and it seems like it's a war between Russia and Ukraine or NATO and United States by proxy. But it actually is what George Soros says that it is. It's a conflict between two models of governance. And uh, what George, well, yeah, the rest of what he said is, is not exactly accurate. Right. What he calls open societies are actually um, closed. <laughs> they're they're closed well, shut societies. Um, they're oligarchies, essentially. Yeah. You know, we call them. You know, like we we say that other countries have oligarchs, and in the West we have philanthropists. <laughs> yeah, essentially it's the same thing. They're oligarchs. Yeah. <laughs> No. We have philanthropists that. and uh, we have uh, humanitarians here. We don't have any yeah. corrupt politicians, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and the problem is that the that these uh, that these philanthropists have already lost. That's the problem. Yes. And uh, they've lost because there's no way that they can salvage Ukraine. Ukraine was absolutely the centerpiece of their hegemony over the Eurasian landmass and losing Ukraine, you can see they're in panic. They're like absolutely hysterical about it. Like you would think that Ukraine was the only thing that mattered. And then if you bought that, they would have you believe that the reason why they're so keen on saving Ukraine is freedom and democracy and human rights and so forth. Which, you know, I, I, I guess there must be people who actually believe that, but probably they're not very many. Um, okay, so if they lose Ukraine and they lose their bid for global domination, because, you know, if they lose the Eurasian landmass, then they don't have the world. Uh, then, you know, the, the consolation prize, the, the only plan B that they can fall back on is to create a new block and to close it off behind a new Iron Curtain. Yeah. And, uh, and then within that block, they can implement their agendas further, you know, uh, like renewable energy sources, uh, drag queen story hours, <laughs> um, you know, insect, insect diets and uh, vaccine passports for everybody, quarterly boosters, uh, semi-annual boosters, whatever, all these things that already haven't been going so well. But, right. you know, maybe... I think that the thinking is that if they can secure 
their dominance over a, a, a geopolitical bloc, which at this point would probably um, include the, you know, the British dominions, uh, the UK, Canada, Australia, maybe New Zealand, and parts of continental Europe, uh, that they, that maybe they could they could pursue their agenda within a reduced, you know, uh, block. And uh, I think that in order for that block to be viable, it would have to include the United States. Yeah. Because without the United States, you know, it's it's the five eyes, and without the United States, it's four eyes without a head. You know, it's nothing. It's like a couple of relatively minor countries with with minor insignificant militaries, uh, relatively small economies, and so forth. I mean, relatively speaking, not they're not mm -hmm. small economies. They're just nothing to compare with the United States or with China. Right. And so, uh, the the main fight is for the United States to make sure that the United States is part of this new Iron Curtain block. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's why you have all these attacks coming on the American people from absolutely all sides. You know, uh, I think that this transgender day of vengeance is just the, the latest, weirdest part of it. But you know the uncontrolled immigrations, um, the, the the George Soros acolyte district attorneys and 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 public prosecutors, uh, all these and, and and state governors, the eighty-seven thousand IRS agents that they want to slip under the radar as a federal police force. You know, the United States is not supposed to have a federal police force, and that would never pass through Congress, but, you know, they can do it under the table as uh, IRS agents, right? Um, yeah. And uh, I, I don't even know, uh, yeah, the drag queen story hours, the, the, the transgender, gender dystopia agenda, whatever that is, all of it, all of it is coming from all sides of the American people all at the same time. I mean, it must be I don't live in the United States. I live in Europe where, you know, it's not great either, but it's not quite as hysterical here. But, mm -hmm. you know, people are pushing, being pushed to hysteria. They're, uh, they're pushing very, very hard to try to disarm the American people to take away the Second Amendment effectively, you know, even while pretending that, you know, the Second Amendment is in effect, but, you know, no weapons of war, no assault rifles, blah, blah, blah. And all of yeah. this is basically to eviscerate the United States as a as a, as a democratic um, country, whatever is left of its democratic uh, order. And I think that the United States still has an effective democracy at the state and local level. You know, you 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 guys still elect your sheriffs and they're accountable to the local community, which is extremely important. But they want to replace that with a federal police force. That's going to answer to the to the federal presidential administration, and God knows yeah. who will be power there. Uh, then you have, you know, state governors who don't have to go along with all the federal re regulations and so on and so forth. So it's a United States is an extremely tough nut to crack for the globalists, but they're trying very hard, and in the process, they're pretty much destroying the United States. Yeah.
And so that I think is, you know, Ukraine is over. I mean, it's, it's, it's already lost, but, you know, in order for these, uh, these globalists block to be viable because, you know, they can, they can shut it off and they can regroup and rearm and, you know, maybe plan the takeover of the world at a future date with, with new and improved militaries. But if they lose in the United States, then it's pretty much game over. If they lose the United States, the United States will remake its alliance with Russia. Right. And I say remake because it was there before the Federal Reserve Bank was established. Correct. The United States had a very close alliance with Russia because their common adversary has been the British Empire for more than a century. Correct. To uh, prior to uh, the beginning, of, you know, throughout throughout the 18th and 19th century. Mm-hmm. So um, that is a logical alliance. United States and Russia are natural allies, and if the if this uh, globalist cabal loses its grip on the United States, then that alliance is going to happen. And then you know their their four eyes: uh, Britain, Canada, Australia, New Zealand are not going to be any kind of a force to threaten anybody, to intimidate anybody, to launch any kind of an empire from. It's, it's just going to be a couple of, you know... Uh, yeah, third-rate armies with third-rate economies. Third-rate economies, that's right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, I'll leave it at that for now. No, I see the same thing, Alex. I, if the What I'm seeing right now... Uh, especially like, you know, this morning I was talking about several events that have taken place uh, since yesterday evening. We've had um, China and France, they complete their first LNG trade using the Chinese yuan, uh, ending reliance on the U.S. dollar for energy trades. We've had shortly thereafter that we, we had the announcement that Saudi Arabia is entering a trade alliance with China, Russia, India, Pakistan, and four other Central Asian nations to step away further from the reliance on the United States dollar. And then right after that news hit, because it was not to be stopped, I mean, and all of a sudden China and Brazil, they've reached a deal to trade in their own currencies, ditching the dollar as any sort of intermediary for trade. And then right after that, you've had the ASEAN countries, uh, the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. They're not only dropping the dollar, but they're considering dropping the euro, the yen, and the British pound for local currency financial settlement. Uh, It's a game changer what's happening. And it's funny because the Western oligarchs, who are some of the most miseducated idiots on God's green earth, went into the entire Russia-Ukraine debacle. Uh, literally with their heads up their rear end, thinking that they're going to bleed Russia dry, that they're going to sanction Russia, then they're going to have regime change in Russia, and then divide Russia uh, amongst several regions, and they're going to isolate Russia. And the only ones that have been isolated, the only ones that have been demilitarized here is the West. They're the ones who are being isolated. I mean, every day is 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 a new country stepping forward and saying, you know what? You know, we're not down with the rainbow flags. We're not down with, uh, you know, having testicles rubbed in the faces of five-year-olds. 
We're not down with sanctions. We're not down with you putting a cap on any of our energy exports or resources. We don't want to do this anymore. And I'm looking at it right now, and, and, and my data is reflecting everything you're saying, Alex. 80% of the world's GDP has given the one-finger salute to the entire Western hegemon, the globalist cabal. And what I'm looking at here in the United States and in Europe, they're doing their last-ditch effort, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. They're doing a last-ditch effort to build a new iron curtain so the population of the West does not escape to the multipolar world, that the population of the West has no idea of the multipolar world, and that the population of the West will not seek alternative means to the to, to the tyranny that they're falling under. And that's exactly what I'm seeing as well, um, uh, Alex. Yeah, yeah, fully agreed. And then, you know, uh, there was also, I don't know if you uh, noticed that it was, um, somebody posted it on Twitter, there was a video of the president of Ethiopia Yes. Um, warning his citizens to get rid of the U.S. dollar. Mm -hmm. And yep. he said, uh, something's going to go down over the next few weeks and it's going to change things dramatically. Mm. So just get rid of it. Wow. You know, um, there was a Russia-Africa Russia summit just last week, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the thing is, well, you know, the Africans are getting along very well with Russians and with the Chinese. And I know that last June when the Chinese and the Russians announced that they were working on a new uh, currency for international trade, that they uh, signaled discreetly to many, maybe all of the nations of the global south, uh, to join this new trading bloc and that if they do that they wouldn't be penalized if they defaulted on their debt obligations to the western financial institutions and that they wouldn't be penalized if they renationalized their uh, you know uh, domestic industries and their national resources yeah so effectively they've been offered a massive carrot where the West essentially only offers stick. It's like, we beat you, or if you're good, then we won't beat you. But carrot, no, that doesn't even ever enter into the equation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, uh, I don't know what they discussed in, the, in, the, in this uh, Russia-Africa summit, and I, I presume that some of it may have been confidential, but, you know, the fact that just days after that summit, Ethiopia's president comes on TV and tells his people, dump your dollar, something's coming down over the something next is few happening. weeks. I, it, I it, think that's very interesting. Wasn't it the old saying, there are days that feel like, there are, there are days that feel like years, uh, and then years that feel like days? Uh, yeah, yeah there's like days, uh, uh, wait, 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 it's like, there's like days where, uh, oh, never mind. Now I had it. I, 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 I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. There, there are days in, there are decades in which nothing happens. And then there are days in which decades happen. Yes. Something like that. That's uh, exactly yeah. it. And that's, I think that's where we are. That's where we are. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Alex, yeah. I mean, we, we've known each other for uh, quite some time now. 
and literally we'll talk about these things and like it's kind of quiet and, and and it was a a slow you know movement into this this coming climax of the end of the unipolar world the birth of the multipolar world and now just those last four things that i just rattled off to you is not only the fat lady about, it's not hey we're waiting for the fat lady to sing the fat lady is clearing her throat She's already doing <clears throat> me, 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 me. She's about to belt out the tune, which is the yeah. end of the U.S. dollar to begin with, the end of the Western hegemon. And, and, and it's like all this is happening so fast. Maybe the, the, the president of Ethiopia knows something that we should take heed to because, my God, I'm sitting in a country where they're going after crypto. They're going after precious metals. We have 200-something banks that we know of that are in strategic decline and, and, and in danger of default. They're tied into the larger derivative markets. And, 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 you know, the only thing they're worried about here is, uh, uh, you know, it, when is the next football game on? And uh, uh, what is the, the latest Hollywood trial with Gwyneth Paltrow's skiing accident? That seems to be the big headlines here in the United States. And, and, and it's funny, Alex, because it's like every other week is a new train derailment. We've had a, a train, another train that just derailed this morning. 800 people were evacuated from a town. It was spilling uh, 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 toxic ethanol and it caught on fire. Uh, this is like the 15th train derailment in the last uh, 30 or 40 days. I, I, I have a hard time thinking that that's accidental. Exactly. Same. I mean, that's a, you know, like that's a lot of accidents. A lot. And I'm I'm not you know like the school shootings, yeah. It's like so many damn coincidences about all of that stuff. You know, it's. I think I think all of that all of that is a concerted attack on the United States on the people of the United States. Now you know it's perfidious. You can't tell. You know you're like, oh, it's these people. Oh, it's the. You know, like it's it's the communist, though it's the Black Lives Matter, it's the Antifa, it's the it's the it's the trans people. It's like, but you know, it's all happening at the same time, and everything's yeah. going wrong. You know, everything's going wrong, and everything has accelerated since this administration came into power. You know, you notice really that. Has. You know, uh, so much has gone wrong since they came in power, and not only domestically, but they have also completely squandered the last shred of the prestige that the United States enjoy, enjoyed around the world. I mean, it, just, just look at the statements coming out of Mexico, Ethiopia, South Africa, uh, Hungary, Bulgaria, uh, Croatia, um, all over the place. Um, you know, uh, Xi Jinping won't answer Joe Biden's telephone calls. Uh, MBS won't answer it, it, the, you know, king of Saudi Arabia won't answer Joe Biden's telephone call. Yeah. Um, practically every country is telling the United States to back off. You know, like they're pressuring India to um, to join the sanctions on Russia and to break their, you know friendship with, with Russia, which they had for decades. <clears throat> yeah. And the Indians are telling them no. Right. Um, it's, uh, it's like, it's, it's almost, 
hard to believe, you know, like if uh, three years ago, well, two years ago, basically, if somebody told you that this would be happening, you'll think like, no, there's no way. Mm-hmm. But it is happening and it's real and it's not happening. In, you know, like it's not just one, you know, one, one country, two countries. It's like all over the place. It's more and more and more and more leaders who are openly coming out and saying, no, we won't uh, out to your dictates anymore, you know. And so, you know, things are going off the rails uh, on, the, on the global scene. Things are going off the rails at home. This is, you know, like, could, could, you, could you get as much incompetence concentrated in one administration in the space of two years? I, I think, I, I don't know. I, I, this has got to be deliberate. This has got to be done deliberate to uh, weaken the United States as much as possible, yeah. completely to eviscerate it, to completely demoralize the people, to completely disorient them. Yeah. Uh, so to then ambush them so that they are so desperate for order, for normalcy, for peace, mm-hmm. that they will accept whatever they have coming. I don't know. Maybe they have United Nations troops um, in mind to bring them in. Maybe they want to turn all the immigrants coming in into into a new army. Go, go. I, I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know what. I, I, you know, I'm, it's pretty funny. I deal with uh, uh you know, on the institutional side. Um, when it comes to you know precious metals and and digital assets, and oftentimes I'm I'm dealing with uh, hedge funds, I'm dealing with family offices, I'm dealing with high net worth individuals, and I'm dealing with guys who you know, and you know this, and you're because you're one of those guys, you're one of those guys that that understand the the data, and every single person that I know that that deals with analytics or data like yourself, and and some of the 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 data and trend forecasting uh, uh you know capabilities that we have at our disposal every single person is we're all we're all for clumped we 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 don't know it's like there's a point where all of our data just stops like like we don't know like like honestly speaking within my circle of 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 contacts and within my network we don't see anything past 2025 man it just stops yeah like yeah. I, I i don't I, 2024 we have some ideas of you know of where things are going but we have nothing for 2025, literally nothing. And it's never been like that before. Um, and, you know, and we're all wondering why. And then the great question was posed with one of my colleagues, is the chessboard broken in the West? Because one, one of the scariest things, if you think about it, right, if, if you're in a collapsing ship and there's no way out and you're in a ship that's piloted by nothing but criminals, right, we all know there's no honor among thieves. Is the West right now trying to just backstab each other, throw each other under the bus, these Western oligarchs, right? Beggar thy neighbor policies. And they're trying to get whatever they can get before this whole entire thing collapses. Because that's what it seems like. It seems like there's really no central power in any one of these Western quote-unquote democracies. Nobody's in charge. Is the chessboard broken? That is a terrifying thought to think, Alex. Uh, yeah, I do think so, uh, and I think you 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 put it the right way. I think they are backstabbing each other. They are uh, 
there are civil wars going on between these groups among amongst themselves. There's a struggle for control because not everybody has the same idea about how go, how to go forward. You know, when you're secure in your power and it's all smooth sailing, then, you know, it's easy to trust the leader, it's easy to follow, and it's easy to enjoy the good times. When the boat starts to capsize, then there's a lot of anxiety, there's a lot of panic, and, you know, uh, the rats turn on each other. Mm. I don't know, but the, 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 the latest funny thing that I that I saw was uh, that apparently, you know, Estonia has been one of the one of the most vocal supporters of Ukraine and, you know, uh, supporters of NATO entering the war. And it turns out that they've been they've been uh, bilking this uh, this fund that they created to provide weapons <laughs> to Ukraine. So they had you know, like they came up with some kind of a mechanism where nations would donate their weapons to Ukraine, sure, and then they would uh, be reimbursed for that from this fund, whatever I don't know what it's called, but you know, and they didn't really work out precise mechanisms about how to account for those donations and what of was the course. value of those donations, of course. And it turns out that Estonians were like. Uh, sharing the funds, but in a big way, and they would be donating um, old, some of it, un- not non-functional equipment to Ukraine, and then bill it to the fund like it was uh, brand new American right. I, I mean, you can't make it up, but it's exactly what you're describing. And, I, I, uh, I've heard of this. I, I've also heard that if they bought a tank for $2 million, they will go ahead and mark it up to ten million, and then they split the profits. <laughs> because, because why not? Yeah, why not? Because, because why not? This whole thing, this whole thing is a, this whole thing is an abomination. Yeah. So, you know, you're on a pirate ship. Right? <laughs> you're in the business of, of piracy. You know, like you're gonna, you're gonna plunder other pirates. Why not? Right. Exactly. Now that I, I think that's what's happening, and this is why there's no—I mean, for the first time in a long time, Alex, you, uh, in our generation, there is no order. It's chaos everywhere we look in the West, and 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 there and, and some would say, well, this is organized chaos. Yeah, it's organized, but also there's a lot of it that is not. A lot of it is just, and then we're seeing all these hits that are occurring right there. It's like. Like, look at all the, like, you know, the Epstein thing, right? The Epstein files came out. The flight list, that came out. That was an embarrassment to some people. We've had, quote-unquote, suicides occur of some very prominent people. Like, one, there were two individuals that were connected to the Clintons. One guy committed suicide by tying himself to a tree and shooting himself three times in the chest and it's a suicide, and then the police could not find the murder weapon anywhere near him, but it's a suicide. Okay? And another guy committed suicide by, uh, he had a convenient, uh, uh, I think they called it, they ruled it, uh, uh, yeah, he killed himself in, in, in his house. He was a, a billionaire. And Alex, one of the things we do is that billionaires just don't go out and kill themselves, because billionaires are people with, with very 
influential uh, circles and networks. And when billionaires start killing each other, you know, the war is really intensified. And it's uh, these these vultures are turning on themselves, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. Uh, and you know, this was um, who was it? I think that it was Catherine Austin Fitz who actually predicted this. Yeah. Um, well, in advance, she said that when the ship goes down, these these rats are all going to start turning on each other, and yeah. so there we are. Yep. Well, That's- no, uh, it's a in a way. That's not a. I think that's not a bad thing. No, it's the only bad thing is, is for us in the United States and for most people in Europe is I always tell, you know, do not be afraid of, of what Western elites can do. Be afraid of what they break in their process of trying to do something, you know, and that's the problem. Like you see the systemic failures here in the United States, but also in Europe, man, it's, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree, V, but I I think we shouldn't also extrapolate that towards, you know, down downhill towards zero because you know nations nations do recover. Yeah. Because there's you know, like in every nation there's like a robust, healthy foundation to you know to the social organization to the economic organization and so forth and that foundation tends to hold up i mean it will take a lot to completely destroy it and uh, you know the i think that the most recent example of such a spectacular turnaround was exactly russia you know because before 22 years ago before vladimir putin came to power uh, Russia was an absolute disaster. It was like, well, not quite like Ukraine today, but it was maybe like Ukraine before the war started. Yep. It was one of the most corrupt countries in the world. Its economy was completely devastated. It had uh, was run by a handful of oligarchs. Uh, armed gangs had uh, shootouts in the streets of Moscow and St. Petersburg. Uh Poverty was like forty percent. Unemployment was—I don't—I don't know what it was. It was close to twenty percent, but it was a disaster. You know, the the, the deaths by suicide uh, were among the leading causes of death. The death by alcoholism, um, abortions were phenomenally high. Mm. Well, you know, it only took bringing society back to order, which is what Putin has done for there to be a, a, a really, really spectacular turnaround. So, you know, you went from a corrupt rust bucket to one of the one of the world's major powers and one of the world's largest economy. And you know, it's fashionable today to say like, oh, they have a their economy is smaller than that of California is the size of whatever, yeah. Italy or Texas <laughs> or whatever, something silly like that. But it's so stupid. You know, it's it's a, it, it, yeah. It's it, it really is stupid. I mean, you know, people measure the GDP, but you know, if uh, you know, in the United States, to buy an average house, you need to spend three hundred thousand bucks, I think, more or less. Yeah. And yeah. In, in Russia, it's maybe eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, or a hundred thousand dollars. You know, um, and so it's 
you know, like it's it's not the same measure. At purchasing power parity, which is, you know, like when you adjust for all those things, um, Russia is bigger than Germany. It is. And, 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 and here's the thing. I mean, Russia is capable of building a nuclear submarine from nose to tip of tail. They're capable of building yeah. a, a next generation stealth fighter and hypersonics from nose to tip of tail. And Germany cannot even do that. Yeah, Germany yeah. cannot do okay. that. The United States right. can't do that. <laughs> but, you know, they're an economy smaller than California. <laughs> they're a yeah, gas yeah, station yeah. masquerading as a country. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, you know, that, that has been that has been part of the long series of miscalculations that they have made. Uh, that have made them overconfident about, you know, their harebrained plan to provoke Russia into a war and then to, you know, nuke them with sanctions, with financial sanctions. And then, you know, they were like, okay, we got this one. Russia's going to collapse. People are going to go out on the street. They're going to, they're going to get Putin out and hang him on a, on a, on a lamp, lamppost somewhere uh, uh, in Moscow. Yeah. Well, it didn't quite go that way because Russia is not a, a gas station masquerading as a country. Uh, they have a very large, very diverse economy, very advanced technologies. Uh, they have the world's in in the whole of all countries in the world. They have the most uh, highly educated population. You know that's by OECD statistics, and so on and so forth. You know, like it's not a it's it's not a it's not Afghanistan. It's not Iraq. It's not uh, you know uh, Yemen. This is a major power. Yeah, but you know we are where we are, and I think that their hubris and their uh, delusions are going to cost them extremely dearly. You know, this is the story of uh, Icarus who flew too close to the sun, right. you know. And now the wax has melted and uh, the crash is going to be tremendous. Absolutely, man. I mean, it, you know, it, it's one thing for these morons to create and concoct an entire fanciful story about the greatness of the United States after World War II, where many of the population, thanks to Hollywood, were convinced oh, that we won World War II, we saved Europe, which is not what happened. And then they were then and then we were force fed the lie of Vietnam that we somehow won that Vietnam that war or, or we fought it to a stalemate and blah 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 and so on and so forth. And then Hollywood came out with the Rambo movies and, and uh, uh, Missing in Action with Chuck Norris and, and all those other insane movies. And thanks to Hollywood, uh, the Americans have no clue of international affairs. They have no clue of what, a, what a, a, a modern application of military force even looks like. So we're under the auspices that we're unmatched and unchallengeable as not only an economic power, but also a military power. And now the most dangerous thing of this, of this whole entire thing, the last 40 years or 30 years or so, the ruling class starts to believe their own BS that they created, you know, 60, 70 years ago. And that's the problem here. It's, it's madness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they, uh, they formulated uh, a fictional narrative or, you know, uh, highly exaggerated narrative and then they then they believe themselves yeah 
Um, I, I, I just, somebody was just explaining that, you know, apparently Hillary Clinton is on record saying uh, while, while she was secretary of state. So this was like what, 2014 or something like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That she was like, oh no, you know, like the alliance between Russia and China, that'll, that'll never happen. They hate each other. They can't stand each other. They're, you know, Chinese, the Russians are very, um, reticent about the Chinese, uh, it's mutual, and no, we don't have anything to worry there. Uh, there you go. <laughs> That's, that proved false. And the same, uh, similar about, uh, you know, the relations between Saudi Arabia and Iran. Yeah. You know, they, they never saw this coming. I, you know, I have to say, I saw it coming. Same, yeah. I saw it coming because, you know, like, if you, if you understand the issues in the Middle East uh, at a certain level, you realize that there's actually not that much reason for hostility between Saudi Arabia and Iran. Right. That it was mainly coming of freedom that has created these, uh, like, the, the, the local hostilities between regional powers. And these were constantly being uh, kept smoldering so that at any point, you know, like you can turn one country against another, kind of like push them gently into war so that they, they be weak, so that they need to purchase weapons from you, so that they need loans from you and so forth. But, you know, like once this, once this imperial um, structure got weakened, um, I, I, I actually predicted that there would be peace between Iran and Saudi Arabia. I only got one thing wrong. I, I predicted that it would be Putin who would broker the peace. Mm -hmm. It was the Chinese. But, you know, same difference. And so, you know, a series of, of miscalculation because they take their own delusions as facts. And then not only that, but they also um, purge their ranks of anybody who could um, call them to reason. Like if, so if there's somebody in, in their ranks who said, no, wait a minute, this is not right. We shouldn't be doing this because it's bad, it's dangerous, whatever. They just sack him. They just sack the person. They remove them. Yeah. So only the yes men remain. Only the people who wholeheartedly believe the fiction. And so you have essentially like a lunatic asylum in there. <clears throat> I mean, uh, we, we we did that. That's exactly what happened with the idiots, uh, the the neocons when they came to power, and uh, how they came to power is, is is exactly like that. They've destroyed any sort of real strategic critical thinking. Yeah, exactly, and 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 by design, and by design, even though it's it's extraordinarily stupid, they themselves should think like uh, maybe we should cultivate some diversity of thinking here. Uh, so that we we may have the best possible understanding of the situation and how to proceed, rather than you know wholeheartedly embracing groupthink and chucking out anybody who spoils the party yeah. by by telling us what we don't want to hear. Mm -hmm. I mean, how dumb! And you know the 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 amazing thing is that you used to read about the history books, you know, like how decadent the Roman Empire were and what what idiots they were putting as, as emperors in the later <laughs> were like in like certifiable imbeciles. 
And there we are. We were in the same place. You know, like, look at, look at Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Justin Trudeau and uh, um, all these leaders in Europe and Ursula von der Leyen and so forth. I mean, where do they even find these people? I, I don't even understand how you can find that much anti-talent. <laughs> I mean, you, you'd have to try pretty hard to find somebody that stupid. And you know what? We've outdone ourselves. We found somebody that stupid. We found two. And then we filled an entire cabinet filled with idiots and, a, and an entire Congress filled with idiots and an entire Senate filled with idiots. It, it, it really is a, a wonderful time where we're living in right now, Alex. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. Alex, let me ask you a question. The current banking crisis here in the United States, how do you see this playing out? You asked me a very tough question because I don't know. Um, in, in, in any ordinary conditions, I would tell you that the Fed is going to print up mm-hmm. any amount of money to keep the system going. It doesn't yeah. matter because, you know, the banks are their mechanism of control. They can't let the banks go. If the banks go, uh, a lot of corporations are going to go. It would be... It would be... Uh, very extremely severe economic crisis on a very short order, which would risk uh, turning into a massive social uprising and a situation that they would uh, potentially be unable to control. Mm. And so based on that logic and based on the fact that I actually lived in a system that was like that, you know, like which, which I, I, I grew up in the communist world. We had a crisis of stagflation for as long as I can remember, you know, like it started in the, mid to late 70s and it lasted throughout the 1980s so it was just like non-stop crap like a non-stop crawling crisis um so but we never had a bank failure right there was never any bank runs there was uh, uh there was no failure of major banks you know the system just kind of kept on keeping on yeah. the what what did happen is that by printing all the money that was necessary to backstop all the losses, all the bad debts, and so forth, they destroyed the currency. So that's why we had inflation, which kind of just started and accelerated and accelerated until it became hyperinflation. And at some point, you know, the the currency lost all values. And, you know, like at some point they reformed the currency, they slashed four zeros out of them and they start again. But it's the same thing, you know, like it's like a the the crisis is baked into the equation with this uh, fiat money fractional reserve lending. And yeah. um, and so it's inevitable. It's only a question of time. And then if you can export your inflation uh, to your trading partners, you know, <laughs> if you happen to have like a if you happen to have a reserve current global reserve currency, then you know that can extend the 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 shelf life of this currency based on fractional reserve banking. Right. But cannot prevent the crisis and it, it cannot prevent the crash. There's no way to avoid the crash, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's what I would expect we, if you ask me the question. However, then again, there's all the geopolitical plays because, you know, as what, what, what I was starting to say in the beginning that it seems to me that the United States is under an all-out attack. Yes. So I see that you know, like if you look at Jay Powell, he seems inclined to manage the crises. Mm-hmm. the The Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen 
she seems inclined to make everything worse. Yeah. You know, um, Davos versus Wall Street. She's just pretending like she doesn't understand anything. She's pretending <laughs> like she's this old old lady who has no idea where she is. But I, don't think, I, I think it's an act. I think I don't. I don't quite buy it. You know, you can't be the Treasury Secretary of the United States and not have any clue about anything. You know, I can't answer any question with any specific. I mean, give me a break. Well, okay, it's a Biden administration. Anything's possible. But it seems to me that she is deliberately undermining the confidence in the government, uh, which is exacerbating, you know, concern and panic among the people, which could, you know, result in bank runs if people start withdrawing money from, you know, banks and saving institutions and so forth. So, you know, will the Federal Reserve under Jay Powell manage the crisis, sacrifice the dollar, you know, at a later stage? Because, you know, like if you if you let yeah. the banks collapse, then you'd have like a massive crisis very quickly. Right. If you, if you print money and manage the crisis, then... You, you buy you buy time, time you buy years of you know gradually increasing inflation but you can manage the crisis and you can prepare contingencies and what happens you know like you can prepare the next currency or you know whatever um, the reason why I can't make up my mind is because I, I I think that there is a faction of these uh in this in this banking cabal in London that wants to uh, completely eviscerate the United States, and so maybe you know I, I think that there's a there's a chance there's a possibility that they will deliberately exacerbate the banking crisis and make it worse. Yeah. And so I, you, you, it's a it's a great question that you asked. Unfortunately, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing uh, that. You know, I'm, I'm, we're dealing with here um, on a market-wide level. Uh, it, it seems as there is a like a, a conflict, right? I mean, Wall Street is split. I, I think it was um, back in November of uh, 2022. I'm sorry, 2021. I said that BlackRock is going to be in trouble. I said that by summer of 2022, you're going to have COVID. The entire COVID policies in the West is going to change, and that happened. And uh, there's going to be a war between uh, the interests of, of, of banks like J.P. Morgan as opposed to uh, BlackRock. And BlackRock is a Davos-controlled bank. Yeah. And there's going to be a revolt against ESG. And just as I said and predicted, that's exactly what happened. I said this over two years mm -hmm. ago. Because uh, this is for me just talking to, to the, the guys in the boardrooms uh, in my network uh, with these institutions that I deal with. We kind of were hedging in that direction. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So there is a war between the Davos crowd and Wall Street. Okay, there's a component in Wall yeah. Street that wants America reindustrialized, that wants America to be uh, independent of, of any sort of global uh, subterfuge or any sort of you know, global governance um, outside of uh, you know, its own laws. So there, this conflict is back and forth. Jay, from what I'm hearing, Jay Paul is on the interest of of, of the of the nationalists. Uh, some would say, you know, whereas Yellen is a product; she's a creature of the globalists. 
And yeah. uh, this yeah. is this right. back and forth fight. This is why it's like, just like you said, Yellen stands there and you know answers questions like she doesn't know that she's a total idiot. And uh, she is someone yeah. that does know. She might not have any real world experience because she never held a job in her life. But she knows the, the terminology of these questions that, that are being asked to her. And she plays dumb because she's definitely, you know, planning the deindustrialization of not only America, but, you know, the people that she works for wants the entire deindustrialization of the entire West. Yeah. 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 It's, it's crazy times we're living in, man. It really is. Yeah, it is crazy time to be living in. But, you know, I I think that the uh, this Wall Street faction will probably prevail. Yeah. I think that what the what the Davos globalists are offering is so unappealing to everyone. Yeah. I mean, to probably 99.9% of the people that it's going to be rejected. It's going to be rejected and you know, the better people understand what's going on, the fewer support it and the more oppose it. You know, like so uh, with time, it, they are like it's like tractor pulls, you know, like the farther they pull it, the harder it gets to pull. Yeah. And uh, I think that. For any normal, healthy, intact person. Today, if they even vaguely understand what's going on, they cannot support this. You know, they no. cannot support Davos. They cannot support war in Ukraine. Um, and, you know, that's... I think that's happening daily, that people kind of come to the conclusion that there's something wrong with all this. And I don't think that Time works in their favor in the sense that somebody thinks things through and then says, well, you know, I kind of like this World Economic Forum model because <laughs> I really think I really would look forward to living in a world where my children um, get offered uh, sex transition in school. They have drag queen story hours. And we all eat insects. Yeah, uh, as our as our as our fodder. Uh, yeah, I I don't think anybody like what's what's appealing about that. Like who who wants this other than a handful of these degenerates at the very very top? And then there's a whole lot of confused people who don't realize where this is coming from or who's pushing it forward. But, you know, as soon as they work it out, and you can work it out, it's not that complicated, then they break ranks. They don't want to have anything to do with this. Yeah, exactly right. Except Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Sean Penn's on board. He knows. He, he's an expert. Yeah. He, he knows. <laughs> you know, you have to understand, he's somebody who's given his Oscar to Zelensky, so he knows. Yeah, because he's too old to go to war. But if he were younger, I'm sure he'd, like, be in those trenches fighting for the right thing. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable, man. Alex Craner, thank you so much for joining us. Any last things you want to say, sir? Uh, yeah, uh, I do want to say that uh, it's darkest before dawn. Yeah. And uh, I think that um, we have to, at this point, cultivate 
optimism about the future, regardless of, you know, so many things that appear to be going wrong. Um, we are the first generation ever in history of humanity that have the internet. Yeah. And the internet is like humanity spawned a nervous system. You know, we're, yeah. we're no longer dependent on um, information and narratives being fed to us from a central source where it can be controlled and filtered. We can no longer be kept in the dark. Right. And we have no choice but to fight this fight because it's been, it's been forced on us. Yeah. And if we passively acquiesce, our children are going to be having drag queen story hours. And they are going to be living with the QR codes in their 15-minute cities where they will be able to leave only with a special permit and they will be eating, um, you know, a, a, a ration of insect protein uh, daily. <clears throat> and they're basically going to be offered a life not worth living. Yeah. While, whereas on the other hand, we can break free out of this matrix and uh, and maybe help emancipate humanity for the first time in centuries. So I think we have no excuse. We have to we have to do our best, and uh, I think that we'll discover that the future will be much, much better than we can even imagine today. Yeah. So anyway, I think that to achieve that, it's, it's very, very important not to, not to allow them to beat us down, to uh, crush our spirits, uh, not to allow them to disorient us, not to allow them to turn us against one another, and uh, to cultivate optimism because we can, we can prevail. We, we are, way, way, way too numerous, and they are way, way, way too few. I mean, it's not even close. It's like 0.001% uh, versus 99.999%. Why should we be led like dumb animals, you know, by, by a ring through the nose to slaughter when we are so much more powerful than them? Yeah. Very <laughs> well said. Very well said. Alex Craner, folks. Craner Analytics nakedhedgy.com nakedhedgy.com check out his website the links are in the description box alex thank you so much for joining us we got to have you back on especially we want to try and put together another round table uh, as soon as my producer cj gets back and uh we got to do this again soon folks thank you so much for listening in uh tomorrow we'll be back with uh velas at friday at tomorrow morning at 11 a.m and uh, hopefully we we'll gonna get martin Seafon as well so we're working on that uh take care everybody uh, have a great night awesome thank you